Hello everyone and welcome back to the Human Interest Podcast. I'm your host, Evelyn Womboy. This week, our episode comes out on Tuesday, 16th of June, to coincide with the International Day of the African Child. A bit of history on the day, if you may. On 16th June 1976, nearly 10,000 black students from Soweto, South Africa, marched the streets to protest poor quality of their education. They marched as a way to demonstrate their disapproval of the Black Education Act, which segregated students based on their race. Hundreds of innocent students were shot by security forces, and in the two weeks of protest that followed, dubbed the Soweto Uprising, more than a hundred students were killed and thousands badly injured. Since 1991, the Day of the African Child has been celebrated on June 16th to commemorate those killed during the Soweto Uprising in South Africa and to recognize the courage of the students who marched for their right to an education. The Day of the African Child is also an opportunity to raise awareness for the ongoing need to improve the education of children living across Africa. It's a need that still very much exists today because of the 57 million primary school age children currently out of school around the world. Over half are from sub-Saharan Africa. There are a number of reasons why children go uneducated. Their parents may not be able to afford school fees, the distance to the nearest school may be too far, or early marriage may keep girls especially from the classroom. These and many more barriers to education have an enormous impact on children, and especially girls. The theme this year was supposed to be access to a child-friendly justice system in Africa, but I feel we cannot talk about the International Day of the African Child and not express concerns about the impact of the pandemic on Africa's children. How the pandemic is undoing decades of progress in child rights in the continent and putting millions of girls at great risk of violence, abuse and exploitation. Besides losing out on education, girls, particularly in poor and marginalized communities, are facing heightened risks of hunger, child labor, trafficking, child early and forced marriage, and female genital mutilation due to the pandemic. I was really astonished um, the way things are changing and taking in such a dramatic um, turn um, after we have done all this effort is to change people's attitude and behavior. This is Sadia Alin, Somalia's head of mission for Plan International, where I work as the regional communications and media specialist. Over the last few weeks, Sadia has been on a number of media outlets talking about how girls in Somalia are being subjected to door-to-door female genital mutilation as schools remain shut. Sadly, the lockdown has been seen as an opportune time for the procedure to be carried out in the home with ample time for healing. It all started with a knock on her door. An elderly woman was at her doorstep offering to provide a service, cutting her two girls at a fee. Her daughters are 10 and 5. 
And when I approached her, talked to her, I wanted to talk to her. She just realized that I'm not the right person to talk to. And then she just left. But even after saying no and closing the door for the lady, Sadia worried for the rest of the girls whose parents would let her in. I was here and I saved my girls. But what about the girls next door? What about the other girls whom their parents believe it is something that they should do for their girls. Girls who will be denied the right to make decisions about their sexual and reproductive health, exposed to a practice that has no health benefits and only services to rob girls the opportunity to live life to their full potential. You know, finish school, explore career options, choose when and how they want to get married. It feels like yesterday. It feels like yesterday. Sadia knows of this fate only too well. And anything that brings back those memories, um, yes, they just take me there. And yeah, so it's very vivid um, memories of that experience. Back in 1986, when Sadia Aline was five years old, her mother and two aunts tied her down and forced her to undergo the cut. I felt so powerless. Um, I couldn't move and I felt that the side of the, the lower part of my body is not part of me anymore. It's part of our tradition, they told her. They were even trying to stuff up um, a cloth of my mouth because they don't even feel like this okay to cry because it is a shame to cry. You have to be strong to go through that pain without even showing it. Were you going to school uh, then? No, I was not. And even, I was not even being prepared to go to school because from that culture of preparing the girl to be the wife was the thing. Yeah. And then from that day, I was that different girl. That pain was her turning point. She wanted no other girl, including her sisters, to go through the same ordeal. Now, as head of mission with Plan International Somalia, this is a conviction that she still carries more than 30 years later. FGM is not the only concern for the African child, especially the girl. There's a spike in rape cases in South Sudan now with the restricted movement. There's an increase in the number of girls who are getting married in Malawi. Girls who are giving in to sexual demands in exchange for food or sanitary pads in Mozambique and Kenya. The world may be speaking only of the number of COVID-19 cases, but the shadow pandemic, the secondary impacts, and especially on the girls, are much, much greater. If governments and relevant stakeholders are able to see past the pandemic to the secondary impact, they will ensure that protection and reproductive health are central to the COVID-19 response, and especially for the vulnerable children and communities. Measures to address increased risk of gender-based violence and harmful practices should be included in response and recovery plans, and these should be gender and age responsive. Girls and young women should also be involved in the development of response and recovery plans to ensure their unique needs are met. 
Like I said earlier, while the impact of the global pandemic may have overshadowed this year's Day of the African Child theme, the spirit to it to ensure we are accelerating protection, empowerment and equal opportunities for children in Africa in line with the AU Agenda 2063 should not be lost. All stakeholders must work to ensure that we do not undo decades of progress in child rights and gender equality. This is the Human Interest Podcast with me, Evelyn Wamboi. What can you do on a personal level, you ask? Share something special with a child in Africa today. Donate clothes you don't need or food to those who need it the most through charitable organizations. Plan International, where I work, is responding to the pandemic in more than 50 countries with a focus on protecting vulnerable children and communities from the impacts of the pandemic. You can help by donating to their 100 million euros appeal for COVID-19. Every little contribution counts, and I will leave details on how they're doing it and how you can help in the description box. You can find me on the Human Interest Podcast at gmail.com if you want to shoot me a quick email and the Human Interest Podcast on Instagram. On Twitter and Facebook, find me at Evelyn Wamboy and Evelyn Wamboy, respectively. I would love to hear from you. See you on the next one. Thank you so much for listening.